Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, we will be talking with Professor Douglas Gobet of the University of Rhode Island. Um, he is a physicist, and we will be talking about radiation, um, nuclear radiation, the electromagnetic spectrum, and at what point does light become dangerous? We're going to be covering some questions that I see come up pretty often. And in general, you know, I think a lot of people don't know these things. So, um, you know, we're just going to be answering some, some general questions and um, also covering nuclear power. How does it work? And is nuclear power actually safe or is it dangerous? You know, as we continue to wean ourselves off of fossil fuels, these are important questions to, to ask because, you know, we're going to be consuming energy one way or another. And, um, you know, I think it's important that people know this. So let's get to it. You know, first, um, if you could just tell me what exactly is the electromagnetic spectrum and at what point on the spectrum do we reach a point where light becomes dangerous to humans? So the electromagnetic spectrum or the EM spectrum is all light and all light is dangerous. It just depends on the nuance of the conversation. Um, it's kind of like saying everything gives you cancer, but we probably need to be more specific about how cancerous that thing might actually be. We have the entire spectrum of light, which goes from radio, uh, which includes microwaves, over to infrared, to visible, to ultraviolet, to x-rays, to gamma rays. I've gone from low energy to high energy. Generally speaking, higher energy things are more dangerous things. And so that's why we are more aware of the fact that that high energy end, that's like UV light, X-ray light, and gamma ray light, we tend to have an understanding that, okay, UV light, I have to put on sunscreen or I get a radiation burn. Yep, that's what a sunburn is. Uh, X-ray light, I'm at the dentist and they're gonna put lead over my chest to protect me, okay, clearly not the safest thing in the world. And gamma ray light, we know mostly maybe from the movies, will mostly kill you unless you're Bruce Banner, and it will totally kill you even if you're Bruce Banner. Uh, gamma rays just kill you. That's all that gamma rays do. Um, but it's a continuous thing, the idea of light. It's kind of like saying, you know, ice cream. It, we have all these different flavors, and we say that when I'm talking about – you know, gamma ray, x-rays, and UV light, these are slightly different flavors. There are no lines between them. It's where the characteristics of the light starts to behave a little differently. Um, for example, gamma rays can only be produced inside of the nucleus of an atom. And so we can put a pretty firm line on where their energy level kind of begins. And we can produce x-rays in other ways, but there's only one way to really produce gamma rays at the end of the day. That lets us put a bit of a line there. With visible light, if you can't see it, it's not visible light. We can put a bit of a line there, but everyone's eyes are slightly different, so those are fuzzy lines. So the reason I'm saying this is these are not exacting things. So in astronomy, for example, 
I can be at a conference and one person can talk about a soft gamma ray, that'd be a low energy gamma ray. And so say that's actually a hard X-ray and a high energy X-ray. They're talking about the same photon. So again, it's not so specific. But again, can I kill you with visible light? Well, I don't know. Think about a lightsaber, maybe a laser gun. All these things that you've thought of before that, yeah, that's visible. If you can see it and it kills you, yeah, that's that's visible light. Uh, a laser can be made out of any kind of anything. A laser just means really, technically, a laser is me making it out of light. But the idea is you can make a particle beam out of anything that's well collimated, and they'll all kill you under the right circumstances. But again. Do we have visible light lasers that can kill you, melt you, burn a hole in you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, We're trying to arm naval vessels now with enough nuclear energy on them to be able to power these like five megawatt lasers that can be used to instantaneously hit things, nearly instantaneously, speed of light's fast. No rounds, no ammo, and you just got to recharge it kind of easy breezy and there's less maintenance at the end of the day um that's visible light we know that infrared light can be dangerous because we know that heat can melt you well basically we look at heat as infrared light uh radio waves they're all around you and they mostly do nothing to you but a large enough um source of these low energy photons will absolutely kill you if you look at a radar jamming installation for example these tend to be just giant spotlights of radio light. And if I try and push enough radio light through you, you're going to notice it and it will kill you. So there is no safe kind of light. They're all dangerous, but it depends on the circumstances. Because again, we hold our cell phones to our head every day and that's in the middle of microwaves, which are radio light. And it does nothing to you that energy of those microwaves is thousands of times less than the energy of the light from the fixtures above you and the quantity is relatively less as well because lights are designed to spew out huge amounts of energy everywhere your phone tries to be a little more delicate about it think about your phone's battery doesn't last terribly long that light fixture above you works just fine as long as it's plugged into a a source otherwise it would drain a battery really quickly so it's it's one of these things we like to kind of one end of the spectrum gets painted as the bad end and the other spectrum gets kind of painted as the good end but it's it's not that simple light can be dangerous under the wrong circumstances is kind of the right way to put it maybe gotcha okay okay now um i think when the average person i guess thinks of radiation they think of nuclear radiation nuclear weapons and you know and mush and mushroom clouds um but what is radiation exactly and what are some common sources radiation is energy moving away from something uh so it's all in the name to radiate from and if you're going to radiate away from something you've got to have energy to do it so if i throw a pillow at you that's pillow radiation if i throw a marker at you that's marker radiation if we yeah. want to be kind of morbid we can say a bullet is lead radiation so it's not a terribly specific thing on its own when we say radiation. So uh, again, the things I tend to say in class to kind of exemplify this idea, if I you know, come into class one day and say, oh, I, I was irradiated today. Okay, great. 
I haven't really told you much. It's like saying, uh, I, I let the sunlight hit me today. Yep. Got hit by radiation. Right. Doesn't say much. I need to be a lot more specific if I want to try and understand if I should be like concerned about my situation or something to that effect. Okay. Well, now what exactly is nuclear radiation and why is it harmful to humans? Well, that's a bit more nuanced. So nuclear radiation is simple. Um, it's energy, it's radiation that comes out of the nucleus of an atom, thus nuclear radiation. Um, it only comes in three forms, alpha, beta, gamma. An alpha particle is a helium nucleus, like any helium atom you would ever find and just knock off the two electrons. A beta particle is a common electron, and a gamma ray is a gamma ray. Uh, it's that same light we were talking about before. And all of these tend to be high energy. As we've already said, high energy anything generally speaking, is not the best for biology. Um, now, as far as um, someone who has been exposed to, um, to much harmful uh, nuclear radiation, is there, any, is there any way to treat radiation sickness? Well, again, it's delicate business. We've, we've had, we, uh, horseshoes, hand grenades, and tactical nuclear weapons. We got to know a lot more information. Um, I always like talking about, and it's, this gentleman's certainly not alone. A guy was on a business trip uh, over in Hiroshima, working for his company on August 6, 1945, and he's hit by an atomic bomb. And he survives. And he goes home to Nagasaki, where he was nuked three days later. <laughs> And he survived the second time. And he had children with his wife and his family, who they also survived. He had children with the same woman both before and after the event. And they're all fine. We said it earlier. The human body is exposed every day to reasonable amounts of radiation of a number of kinds. Now, certainly, um, many people who were at Hiroshima and Nagasaki were exposed to catastrophic levels of radiation of different kinds, and that's why they would die. But others who were able to survive, again, some of them, the body is able to repair itself. We certainly knew almost nothing about how to treat such injuries then. Uh, it's a little better now, but the honest answer is there's not a ton you can do effectively and this is a very blunt tool that i'll be using here effectively what we're doing is these small particles these alpha beta and gamma rays are bullets and we are going to punch holes in you and frequently when we have nuclear radiation around, they bring its nasty brother with it, which is neutron radiation, which is the worst of the worst because it just plows through everybody and doesn't care. And these just slice and dice you at a cellular level. And it really comes down to how much damage was done. Can your body 
withstand that? Can it live without those cells? You're going to slowly die. It's not an instantaneous death. It's not like your cell just dies. We punched a hole in it. It has to leak out. It has to slowly die off from the trauma that's been done to it. We don't, one of the common misconceptions is that we're going to leave you radioactive or something like this afterwards, or that you are left with some continued event to treat. And that's just not the case. It's more like you put your hand on a stovetop. We, we're not taking the heat out when we take you to the hospital. We're treating the wound. We're going to try and keep what flesh we can. We're going to remove what flesh needs to be removed and try and make sure that you know disease and sepsis doesn't set in. We're going to be very worried about stuff like that, large exposed wounds. Um, again, if you have massive radiation burns, you can think what a sunburn is. We're just going to take that and crank that to 11. The other side of this is if you're exposed to fallout. And this is a separate scenario entirely. Fallout is, especially with early atomic weapons, these are going to be fission devices. They produce a lot of nasty side effects in terms of we're going to produce a lot of radioactive elements. And we call it fallout because this material will take a while. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's going to fall out and it lands on the ground. The problem is if it lands on you or your crops or your water supply, mostly just if it lands on you. Depends on what we're talking about and how nasty of something we made. Now, with the atomic bombs, it's not super duper bad. That's why people can still live in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they didn't really have to abandon it for a very long period of time. For the most part, fallout from these weapons is mostly mitigated by the half-life. These things naturally go away in about two weeks. That's where it's like not going to straight up try and murder you. It's going to still take longer. We still have a lot of cleaning up to do. I don't want to under you know, coat this whole thing. But yeah, if, it, if that fallout gets inside of you, now we've got a big problem because we can't easily get it out. You can think of this like mercury or lead poisoning. Um, I love the conversation that's come up recently of, you know, if you're born before like whatever it is, 1996, you have significant amount of lead poisoning in the eye. Someone who's born far before that point goes, well, no, duh. I, I lived when the gas was leaded and not unleaded. Right. And there is no taking that lead out of me or anyone else. I will have to live with it for the rest of my life. There's just no way for me to process it out. Now, with these radioactive elements, at least they tend to, again, they change their form. Bad news, they tend to go to lead long term. Um, but still better than what they are then. And so, again, it all comes down to how much did you ingest? We ingest radioactive material every single day. The potassium in, ban in bananas is, is radioactive. Not going to hurt you. You're fine. The amount of bananas you would need to consume is just you would die of other things first. Right. So it's, it's as everything. It's, it's all about exposure. Your exposure to what? How much exposure? How long was the exposure? Okay. Okay. Well, um, well, Professor, uh, you know, were there were there any you know special initiatives that you had underway, or is there anything specific that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Right now, I'm getting a lot of emails 
from a lot of students, current and former, like yourself, with similar themes to the ones that we've been having right now. And now, full disclosure, we tried to start setting up this um, conversation before the conflict that is currently going on in Ukraine was engaged. Yes. And there is certainly now a lot of talk about nuclear power plants in Ukraine, including Chernobyl. And so with this conversation, I'd probably want to touch on that for a moment Mm -hmm. and say that, well, you probably never want to have a military engagement next to a nuclear facility. We should think about a few things. One, these reactors produce stuff that is terrifying if problems happen or if leaks occur of some kind. And again, I'm very much trying to dance through hours and hours of conversation of how to build a nuclear reactor in like seconds. But the idea is we use a lot of concrete, just like a crap ton of concrete. So these places are naturally fortresses on their own. They have to be to begin with. Again, it's mostly to contain our little nasty friend, neutron radiation that we were discussing a moment ago, because concrete is just one of the best ways to do it. And so, generally speaking, unless you are probably very actively trying to hurt a reactor in a military conflict, you're probably not going to. I would note, as a scientist, I'm using some very careful words, like probably not going to. There are a lot of other considerations that need to be taken into account as well. These places need to be powered and staffed and maintained. You can't just turn off a nuclear power plant. It actually takes a significant amount of time. We need to cool off the reactors. And so I don't want to say that it is safe, but I also don't like the idea that people are overhyping the danger. I I believe in a pragmatic sense of danger, and it is unfortunate because in this time of climate change, due to human consumption of fossil fuels, the best stopgap that humans currently have available to them to wean themselves off of those fossil fuels into a hopefully better, cleaner, greener future where again, we're not putting products, including lead, into the air with the burning of those fossil fuels. That's where a lot of that lead came from, still does, still does, hasn't stopped, is nuclear power, which remains the safest, by far safest power production method humans have ever come up with. It's just that we have some very visible oopsies that happened along the way. But by far, less than solar, less than wind, less than hydro, nuclear kills the fewest and when we start to have conversations like this it turns the public once again off of the idea of nuclear which as i've said is the best thing you have going right now if you want to get to that better future faster every time we villainize radiation and radioactivity radiation keeps you alive sunlight grows your crops it keeps you going no radiation from sun, Earth is dead. Radioactivity, we use this every day to cure cancer in millions of people. Radioactivity powers homes. It's used for just 
lists, reams and reams of positive things for humanity. It's easy to paint these things as incredibly negative. And again, Chernobyl, for example, was horrifying and could have been much worse. And if you're looking for things to terrify yourself, go to Wikipedia pages on nuclear incidents. And there's more than the three peel tend to name. Uh, three Mile Island, where nothing happened. Chernobyl, which was bad. And Fukushima, which is kind of in the middle ground. Uh, way more than that. And yet still, fossil fuel-based power plants kill more people every year than those big incidents ever did. The number of people who died at Fukushima from radiological exposure, one mistake was made. Lots of people died from exposure, privation, things like this. Through my aisle, none. No one died. No cancer. Nothing. Chernobyl is really the exception. It was bad. Super duper bad. Can't undercut that at all. But I don't like to see nuclear power demonized because it's really a big big step backwards and it's hard to have that nuanced debate when it's really easy to have people go oh there's a fire at a nuclear power plant you know it's a you know eastern europe's gonna go it's not gonna be a nuclear explosion it's probably not a big deal most of the time and hopefully <laughs> cooler heads will prevail i'd like to think <laughs> keep Artillery shelling near nuclear power plants to a dull roar, if zero possible, that'd be best. Um, but again, long term, right now, for the next two decades, the best thing we could be doing for the world is actually trying to build up our nuclear industry as we power down fossil fuel plants and build up more green technologies. And then we should totally shutter um, the nuclear power plants. There are better ways, but it's the best thing we've currently got going on. So again, whenever I've got to have a conversation about, yeah, radiation can kill you. Nuclear radiation, electromagnetic radiation, lead radiation, as we talked about a moment ago, anything I move fast enough, I can kill you with a pillow, I promise you. Uh, just uh, get, moving at, get anything moving at close to the speed of light, you are done. <laughs> That's right. all I need to do. Um, it, it's kind of easy to demonize in that sense. A lot of what we've been kind of taught by kind of media makes it easy. I want to have a more holistic and nuanced conversation to remind your listeners that radiation is a set of many kinds, especially light. Again, which is x-rays. I'm going to see the dentist later this week. Totally need my x-rays. I uh, don't want to find out that I've got some kind of disease going on the hard way. Right. Uh, stuff like that. And we, we, we heal people. So it, it doesn't have to be negative is all I want to try and maybe leave folks with. It's, it's actually, generally speaking, I would argue way more positive, but like most things, human beings tend to focus a little bit harder on the negative. Right. Right. That was very well said. That was very well said. Well, uh, professor, um, that's pretty much, uh, all I had for you. Um, I really want to thank you very much for sitting down with me today. This was really, this was excellent. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. And this concludes this episode with Professor Gobet. And um, I just want to thank everyone for taking the time out to listen today. This was a very informative, very educational episode. You know, I think we covered a lot of stuff, um, both in part one, where we talk about the Carrington event, and in this episode, where, you know, this is more about radiation, um, more about the spectrum, nuclear power, 
I think um, these are all important things that uh, the general public should know about. And even with this crazy access to instant information that we have, you know, most people don't know anything about a lot of this stuff. So um, I hope you guys learned something today. Aside from that, I have nothing else. So have a great day, everyone.